everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, Mark Almanzar at Esports Next, hosted by the Esports Trade Association, presented by Coca-Cola. And I just want to shout out, first of all, to Anthros for these super comfy chairs. I like to, like, get my back contoured in. So thanks again, Anthros. And joining me today is uh, Danielle Johnson from uh, the Texas uh, Esports Scholastic Federation. Close enough. Yes. Texas, it's a long name. Yeah, the Texas Scholastic Esports Federation, and it's commonly called TEXF. So T E X for Texas, SCF Scholastic Esports Federation. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again. And what um, I guess what I want to know is like, what are your uh, what are your plans with uh, Texas and esports this year? TechSF is going into its fifth school year. We started in the spring of 2020 because our students were home and bored. We planned on starting in the fall, but you know, 2020 happens and our students were home and bored. And if you've been around me for more than five minutes, you'll hear me say that bored students make bad choices. Bored kids make bad choices. So we started running tournaments in April of 2020 and haven't stopped since. We finally can have lands like as many as we want. So in addition to our weekly league, which had five games last year, and we are at 11 games this year. Mm -hmm. So at 11 different titles for upper elementary, middle school, and high school, we are having lands and tournaments all over the state. So Texas is kind of big. Yeah. I don't know if our listeners are familiar with how big Texas is, but at just a random winter tournament last year, we had schools come from 11 hours away. So this year we are bringing the tournaments to them. Our goal was to have a land within a reasonable driving distance of every school in Texas. That was gonna put us at about 10, but it seems like we're gonna end up at about 20 this wow. year, um, which includes our undisputed state championship, which will be held at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas in San Antonio, uh, May 3rd and 4th. Yes. I mean, you got a lot going on, yes. and I think that really uh, ties into uh, your session earlier, talking about the rise of uh, Scholastic Esports. Mm -hmm. you, for those who weren't able to tune in or weren't in attendance, can you just give us like a brief um, summary of uh, what you talked about? Yes, so esports in schools is growing exponentially. It is blowing up faster than any of us really anticipated. So TechSF was originally going to be a little league for six middle schools, and we are at about 200 schools right now, which sounds like a lot, but there are 3,000 public high schools in Texas, so we have a long way to go. But not only is it growing in Texas, Texas is one of you know, more than a dozen, getting close to two dozen teacher-run nonprofit state leagues. And I'm the president of that organization as well. That is the Interstate Scholastic Esports Alliance. It is all run by educators. And this school year, for the 23-24 school year, we will have about 100,000 students playing in our leagues. We're the largest esports organization by orders of magnitude. Awesome. So it's high school... College. Okay, High school, middle school, High and school, upper elementary. School. So fourth through twelfth grades. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. You really brought in. When we say right. you're bringing in the, the youth, the you really are bringing in the youth. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. We are 
See you in the room. I mean, it is entirely about connecting kids to school and to each other because games are nothing if not social. Yes. But it is also, you know, about community for teachers. And that is one of the reasons that not only TechSef, but the other ISE states have been so successful is our focus is absolutely on building that community for teachers because teachers will take care of their students. We don't need to think about every student in every edge case. That is, the teachers will do that because they know their students better than anybody else. And who am I to tell somebody, you know, 500 miles away how to run their program at their school? And so our organization, we focus on taking care of our teachers, on building sustainable systems, on lobbying school districts to add stipends and pay for these programs. But also, we want to have our community with each other. So we teachers just like each other. And so we want to hang out and play games, too. And... Not only does it benefit our students, it benefits us and it prevents some of that burnout. Burnout is the victim blaming of exploitation. Um, so, but it does prevent some of that burnout that happens in education because if you're, if you're in community, you're not going to burn out as easily. Right. The way to get relief from the grind, so to speak. Right. But I think your approach is great because when I, when, well, I'll speak for myself. When I personally think of the rise of scholastic esports, I think it gets reductive to some folks. It's that, oh, just kids love to play games. But your, your approach encompasses focusing on the teachers, because as you said, the teachers will take care of their students. Mm -hmm. your, your, your approach from that level then transcends further, uh, capturing all the students within that sphere. Yes. So I think that's, uh, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, I was trained by the best at building teacher community. So Google yes. for education. I had a fellowship with Google for education a few years ago, and that's where this was born sort of, but Apple, Adobe, Microsoft, and um, Google are excellent. I call them teacher armies, uh, are incredible at building their teacher armies. If you go to education or technology conferences, everybody that is presenting about Google or Microsoft or Adobe or Apple products are teachers that paved their own way to get there. And it's because those companies have really focused on building teacher community. And I made a joke earlier that if you just feed teachers, they will follow you around for the rest of your life. But I am so serious. We do so much for our kids, but having companies focus on us and build that community for us just makes us able to better serve our students. And having those resources, having that parallel practice of, you know, psychologists have and therapists tend to have their own therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, having your parallel practice where you can go to other educators yeah. and be like, I am having this problem and having them be able to support you in that and come up with ideas to help you. It not only works in, you know, ed tech and in the classroom, but in our esports communities as well. Yes. And I know you use the word community many times. I think it really embodies what you say really embodies the word community because we talk about individuals who come together as a community, but the behavior of supporting one another, pulling everybody up, you know, is uh, really captured in uh, what you're trying to do. I think that's really awesome to be able to uh, both work in it and be also to express it to everyone so they know more about 
That's uh, the work you do. So Thank you. That's really, really, really cool. Thank you. Now, how did you come into esports yourself? Accidentally. As uh, most, you know, revolutionary things happen, you know, sometimes it's on accident. I was at an education conference uh, during my fellowship with Google, and I didn't get to go to a lot of sessions because I had some responsibilities. And I was sitting at a table with somebody who had been going to sessions, you know, and to make polite conversation, I asked her, you know, what had you been to? She told me that she'd gone to several esports sessions. And, you know, I was like, curious, you know, what was your biggest takeaway? She told me that we should start different leagues for girls and boys so girls don't get harassed. Now, I don't know much about esports at the time, but like, that's not okay. <laughs> and I, I very rudely, I was shocked and so I was kind of rude about my response. But in talking to my community later yeah. that night about, oh my God, you're not going to believe what this woman said to me. They suggested that I apply to, it's called the Google Innovator Academy. It's an accelerator for educational challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of presented the challenge of, you know, how do we change the gaming and esports industry? You know, if we build more community starting at the middle school level, can we impact the way that this runs, you know, in 10 years. And we, we have a lot of examples that have come before us. So Title IX and women in traditional sports, a lot of that started at the middle school and the high school level in order to make it become more normalized. And now like every school is a girls basketball team, but that was not the case even 30 years ago. Same thing with women in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. Mm -hmm. You know, we really put that focus in, in primary, that the middle and high school level of women in STEM and women in these fields. And now, you know, there are more women in those professions and we really do highlight those women. And so to make change in an industry, you have to start in K-12. Of industry, I think it's great that you mentioned all the like STEM, for example, because when we think of gaming, I think kids especially, they'll think, oh, you know, I want to be like a content creator or a game developer. Um, but there are so many other industries that support esports. I think coming to an event like Esports Next, you get to see all those different businesses. Now, um, when you first started working in esports. Um, was that something that you also found uh, not revelatory, but uh, uh, opened your eyes to what else is possible within the esports industry? Yes and no. Like when people are trying to sell the idea of esports or video games in school, STEM and career is kind of the go-to. It's yeah. the default. It's what they think will sell to superintendents, you know, because you're going to get a return on this investment because you're going to get more STEM, STEM something, mm -hmm. right? STEM to me is everything but social studies and games are nothing if not social. <laughs> well, well put. So in order to build those soft skills that we are constantly told students need, those communication skills, those problem solving, self-regulation, um, those skills, those are the like, the, the benefit of having esports in schools, the same way that is the benefit of having basketball or football or debate 
the kids are learning to work together. They're learning to communicate. And remarkably, they come to school more often, which increases not only their achievements, it increases school funding because most schools in the United States are funded on what is called average daily attendance. So uh, Daniel Rourke earlier today busted out with some statistics about just one school system whose esports students, their attendance rose by more than seven days per, per student over the course of the school year, which captured another $300,000 per year for the school system. So we're capturing a whole other group of kids that are now connected to school. They now have a reason to want to come. Those kids have never had a carrot or a stick at school before. So now they're there more often. They have a motivation to act in a more pro-social way, to, you know, turn things in and be more, more to develop their executive functioning, more their time management, their communication skills. But not only that, we're bringing money to the school systems. And so I know everybody harps on schools are underfunded, underfunded. I mean, schools have a lot of money. It just can't be the buckets can't change. It's like stuck in a bucket and you can't change it. Right. But that ADA funding is general funding for schools. That also perfectly illustrates um, the video game community as a whole. They're very engaged. Mm-hmm. They lock onto a game or game community and they stay engaged. We see that with the, the fierce loyalty that fans have for their esports league or teams. And um, I'm just... Uh, you know, really encouraged to hear about how esports has increased attendance amongst uh, students at school. Right. And student athletes, so athletics has been the number one stand school program in the United States for decades. And students that are student athletes have a statistically significantly higher attendance rate. And while we don't have peer-reviewed data yet, we do have several dissertations and a white paper that show that the students that are on their esports team have that same statistically significantly higher attendance rate. We are doing, we are replicating one of those state, one of those studies statewide in Texas this year to try and see, well, to show, I mean, we, we know it happens, uh, to really show that these programs are incredibly beneficial, not just to the students, but to the school systems themselves. Where can people access those stats? Oh, thank you for that. So there, uh, the study that was done in Texas was done in South Texas Independent School District, which is in very South Texas on the Rio uh, Rio Grande Valley, the Texas border area. And that can be found on our website in the resources section. Our website is texsef.org. And it's that methodology and that process that we are going to be replicating statewide this year. Uh, we'll put links in the description below. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Since you have a lot going on, I hate to ask, but are you playing any games right now? Oh, God, I have not been down Tears of the Kingdom since it came out. I am probably 300 hours into the game, and I still only have about half the light roots. Um, that game just blew my mind. Um, I thought Breath of the Wild was just unto its own. And it seems like that was a prequel, you know, or like a beta version of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I also love Animal Crossing. Um, I feel like that was most of my social life during the pandemic. Um, One of the things I love about the game, in education, we talk about differentiation. We talk about meeting students where they're at. 
And one of the ways we describe that is called low floor, high ceiling. And now a four-year-old can play Animal Crossing and have a great time. And so can a 40-year-old. And the level that they play at and the level of commitment and the level of, um, you know, vision that they have for it is, is very different. Right. But the enjoyment of the game is definitely still there. And so I love those games. Just I, I like Zelda, the, the open world. I am a geography nerd and a half. Um, I have a map tattooed on my arm. Like, that's how much. And I love the attention to detail in the environments yeah. in Tears of the Kingdom. I love the world building. Um, I love the little details that are in it. And same thing with Animal Crossing. I love the the concept of the game because it was replicated. The, the creator of Animal Crossing wanted to replicate the experience of moving to a new country where you don't know anybody. And so it really does replicate that emotional experience of moving to a new place and having to start over or start from scratch. And I just think that that is a beautiful experience. And Animal Crossing teaches so many pro-social behaviors, you know, asking questions, um, interacting with your, your islanders, um, you know, working, trading, all of that kind of stuff. It really does promote pro-social behavior. And I think they're just beautiful. Yeah, starting from scratch, but also building things in your own vision. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody got through the pandemic with Animal Crossing. <laughs> I know, it came out at the perfect time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and people coming to my island was my social life. <laughs> <laughs> That's an, it's an amazing game, and I think you're right, the timing was awesome. Um, I also play a lot of Pokemon Go. I constantly get asked if that's still big. Yeah, it's still big. It's still huge. I, um, I, still have my, I was catching Pokemon earlier this morning because I was like, what can I catch in Chicago? Right? <laughs> it's great because especially when you travel, just yes. what, what's different here than yes. anywhere else. And, and sending the cards to folks. Yeah. And at every esports event, like you'll find people in the corner trying to hide their screen so that nobody realizes they're playing Pokemon Go. But then you're like, oh, you're playing too. So am I. Like, let's get everybody I over saw here. There's someone in the hallway near the restroom playing. And I was like, Are you yeah. Playing? I mean, we shouldn't hide it anymore. No. It needs to be, we need to be out of the uh, basement in our Pokemon Go. Well, especially at an esports you know, right. event. Yeah. You, um, I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but. Um, do you have any, I guess, final words for our viewers to, I guess, either learn more about what you do or some advice for, for people who want to get, who are interested in um, Scholastic I <laughs> So this is going to sound very gatekeepy, but you can't do it better than teachers can. So support your teacher-run programs. There um, are several other, you know, venture-backed startups that are in this space, and there is nothing wrong with them. But they still rely on the teachers to do the work. And so those, those middle executives, those startup founders are getting a lot of money where those teachers are still not getting paid for this work. And so the programs like TechSF, I'm not saying we're perfect. We are sometimes a hot mess, but that is okay. Um, but the teacher-run programs, every investment goes further. And because we have ownership of it, we are much more invested in it than if someone is trying to tell us it's turnkey because that's not a word that exists in education. You say turnkey, we say goodbye. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, just allowing the, the teacher-run programs to exist and not try to push them out of this space. If you have a kid that is 
you know, interested in being on their esports team or is on their esports team, the best thing that a family can do is either join or start a booster club. Because once they're the most powerful people in public education are parents. And once there are parents with a checkbook, those programs don't go away. What happens a lot of times is the teachers are the favorite teacher. The students came to that teacher and said, hey, will you sponsor our esports team? And the teacher's like, yeah, I know nothing. So you're going to have to do it all. And the kids are like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. But when that teacher leaves, that program goes away. And so until they are institutionally supported at the district level with stipends and with class periods and, you know, that kind of support, um, the programs, they're just still going to continue to to revolve and, you know, pop up and go away and disappear. But the best thing that a family can do is put their support behind it through a booster club. Because once, like I said, once there's parents in a checkbook, those positions get hired for and they stay. I don't suppose you have like a guide to. Oh, I do. (laughs) And actually um, in any state, your whatever is the general overseeing body for your state competitive stuff for your schools in Texas, it's the university interscholastic league. Every state organization will have a guide for booster clubs. So it's not something that like you need a playbook for. It's literally three parents on a checkbook. That's how they start. Um, and there's templates for the bylaws. Your state organization should have those already. Heard that, folks. Three parents in a checkbook. Booster that, club. Yeah. Start one now. That is the best way to keep those programs that your kids benefit from, to keep those programs at those schools benefiting more kids. Awesome. Don't worry about just your kid. Worry about all of them. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thank Danielle. you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Yes. Well, the viewers out there, thank you for joining us as well. And uh, hopefully you'll tune in for some of our other podcasts coming up in the rest of day two at Esports Next. Catch you next time.